This is Robert Merglacci, the Mindshare Learning for Canada's Learning and Technology eMagazine. And welcome to this very special edition of This Week in Canadian EdTech. I'm honored to have a Mindshare Learning Moment with Dr. Gary Steger, who recently published a new book, 20 Things to Do with a Computer, Forward 50, Future Visions of Education, inspired by Dr. Seymour Papper, Dr. Cynthia Solomon, it's a seminal work. And uh, Dr. Steger is a legendary ed leader, uh, author, and uh, presenter, keynoter, just presented here at COSIN 2022 in Nashville. And he's a former professor of mine at Pepperdine University in the EdTech program. Such an honor to connect with you today. A wonderful, inspiring session you led this morning that challenged our thinking around uh, digital learning and, and the future. Um, what inspired uh, this book? Well, thanks for having me. Um, you know, I, I said this morning that if we want to improve education, first we have to find a cure for amnesia. We need to recognize that we stand on the shoulders of giants, that a lot, a lot of what we dream of has already been executed or, or the breadcrumbs were, were set forth for us. And in 1971, Seymour Papert and Cynthia Solomon issued a paper called 20 Things to Do with the Computer, in which they predicted one-to-one -one computing, computer science for all, um, the maker movement, all within a progressive vision of child-centered education. And I thought on the 50th anniversary of that seminal document, it was worth looking back over the last 50 years of education, and particularly use of computers in schools, and um, as well as presenting a roadmap for the next half century. So more than four dozen contributors from around the world um, Wrote, wrote essays in the book and it hopefully will help people identify their own particular vision and reacquaint themselves or solidify their, their specific educational values in order to implement that vision going forward. Fascinating. You, you, you talked about one-to-one -one computing some 40 years ago. Isn't oh, it uh, quite... Uh, 32 to be exact. 32. Um, uh, but, but, but Papert and Solomon talked about it 51 years 51 ago. 51 years ago. And fast forward to, you know, post-pandemic, uh, we've seen an immense uh, uh, transformation. Necessity is the mother of invention and putting the tools in the kids' hands. But it's not just about putting the tools. You have to create opportunities for that and give them agency uh, to really uh, learn and discover. Well, absolutely. I mean, it, it was maddening for 30 years to be dismissed as a reckless spendthrift or irresponsible utopian talking about every kid having a personal computer, a computer that was theirs, that they owned, and they owned the, the machine as well as the knowledge that was constructed within. And then the pandemic hit, and all of a sudden there was infinite funds for these machines to rain down from the heavens. Um, one of the lessons of the book and one of the things that I hope people will consider going forward is that those machines arrived absent a vision of how they could, they, they could be used to amplify human potential, to accentuate the positive, to do what was not possible before or we've always dreamed of. So it was nice to have have the devices, but it would be nice to have the right device and, and, right. More, and even nicer to have a compelling vision for using a computer as an intellectual laboratory vehicle for self-expression. You talk about giving kids agency, and you showed some great examples. Uh, the the, uh, the the dog bowl 
that uh, what what do you call those dog bowls? Slow feed. Slow. Off. I, I I had a I had a good chuckle about that because we we got one our my daughter's pet dog, uh, uh, Romeo, one of those bowls, and 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 you talk about design thinking and and purposeful designing, and that was one of the projects uh, as an example to create a, a dog bowl and 3D print it. And so uh, giving kids agency is one thing, but real world experiences, that notion of hands-on project-based, I like to say, talk about challenge-based learning. Talk to me about some of the projects that well, uh, that you have in the book. Well, I, I said during this morning's presentation that, um, you know, the, the 20th idea in Papper and Solomon's 20 things to do with the computer was come up with 20 more things. And and the idea of having ideas and the idea of powerful ideas, which Papert wrote and spoke about often. And so when you think about that project that you're talking about, um, there was no goal to make slow food feed dog bowls. Um, in fact, the evolution of that project, I think, is what's more interesting than the project itself. So that we were using... Turtle Art, which is a modern web-based um, dialect of the logo programming language that Solomon and Papper and Wally Furzik and some others developed in 1967, the first programming language for children. And we're using turtle geometry, the idea of communicating mathematical ideas to this object inside the machine that would walk around in space and drag a pen and create math geometric representations and mathematical ideas you, you communicate to the computer. And how that was taken up by one teacher at my summer institute constructing modern knowledge where she wanted to explore islamic tiling patterns and how someone else saw that and thought this is something i could do with fourth graders and then that evolved into oh we could convert the file format and send it to a 3d printer and make stamps that could be used to emboss clay and then we can make these tiles that could be a footpath in a school garden or it could be a, a trinket for mother's day or a cookie cutter that you send home for christmas um, and, and so then that spun off to, you know, people working with indigenous communities in the north of Canada talking about using the exact same programming environment for kids to explore the, 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 the artistic traditions of, of, that, of that region to sending it to 3D printer, sending it to designs to um, vinyl cutters and making window art that Very could be cool. in a classroom. And so... The idea of ideas and the idea of generative ideas, I think, is the really powerful idea there, which is, I wish I had talked about this earlier, Right. that the great thing about the gifts that, that Papert and Solomon gave us is that as soon as you sit down at the computer, as soon as you're confronted by the turtle and someone says you can make it go forward or turn right, you immediately have an idea of something you want to try. And that idea leads to other ideas, which leads to right. other ideas. And when you run up against the wall... The best projects push up against the persistence of reality. You have to engage in some debugging processes to go around it. So the fact that that, that simple set of ideas has taken on a life of its own, and in our previous book, Invent to Learn, we sort of chronicled a half dozen or more of variations on the project that have that have taken root around the world. Um, the the what it, what it sort of satisfies me most is that. This idea is, is generative; that it's leading other people to have ideas for things that they can do, as opposed to as opposed to saying, you know, we're going to have everybody make a slow feed dog bowl. I mean, when we when we when we wrote Invent to Learn, 
we started getting interest from around the world for translations and it's now been published in nine languages and the first translation was Japanese and we only got one phone call from the translator with a question and it was one of the few questions we've actually had in all the translations and that was the question was what is this making marshmallow adobes and the, the, we had this story of how lots of what what's considered project-based learning in schools is just sort of time-wasting arts and crafts mm -hmm. that there are no powerful ideas embedded in it and and the example we used was you know that every fourth grader in california makes a makes an adobe or a, or a mission you know a, you know a spanish american mission out of marshmallows right. or sugar cubes and we said to the, tra the translator didn't understand what that meant and we said is there something that every child in japan does as a tradition as a heuristic and no one knows why they do it anymore they said oh yeah, yeah. they make potholders and we said okay we approve use potholders as the example so so the point isn't that kids make potholders right. or slow feet dog bowls the the importance is that they're learning to program the computer, they're learning to design, they're learning to make things, they're learning to tinker, and then they see a need, and they say, oh, I can use the exact same software that I was right. using in math class um, to make a Mother's Day gift, uh, a present for my friend, a toy that I wanna play with, a piece of art to hang in the classroom, or a bowl to annoy my dog. Fascinating very inspirational and, and I love that notion of giving the kids agency to create something that's unique to them and, and practical or artistic and they could give to their mother or their siblings. Um, professional learning, let's talk about professional learning, the importance of that. You have an event that you're hosting, that you've been hosting how many years now? This is the, the 15th anniversary, but it'll be the 15th Congratulations. This is the 15th anniversary of the Mindshare Report as well. So What a coincidence. Uh, uh, congratulations and it was inspired by Pepperdine and 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 the great uh, inspiration you provided to us as students and challenged us to to really um, you know change the world and 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 that's what we're trying to do through our voice and, and sharing stories uh, like yours well constructing modern knowledge right. is July 25th to 28th in Chattanooga Tennessee um, we've been in the Northeast for a dozen years uh, we're trying to to do something in Tennessee this year. We're going to be in a state-of-the-art fab lab where we're going to have access to hardware that teachers can only dream of, industrial size fabrication equipment. Um, cool. And the, the idea behind constructing modern knowledge was to create a space where teachers could learn by doing uninterrupted for four days and work on personally meaningful projects and build a bridge between the progressive education traditions, the, the things that make us most human, and and cutting edge technology and so year after year teachers show us what they're capable of and demonstrate their competence by using timeless craft traditions and recycled junk along with cutting edge technology that they either have or soon will have access to um and so we're we're immensely proud of of what we've been able to contribute in our small way with this very quirky event that has amazing guest speakers, a remarkable faculty, and uh, meet on swords and a baseball game. And this year we have Alfie Cohn, a provocative educational theorist, and um, Katie Schuster, who runs something called the Hard History Project, who's making museum and library um, and, and research art 
archives, historical archives available for school children for them to construct their own understanding of history, for kids to be historians rather than be taught history, to, to come to their own conclusions with primary source materials. And Peter Martin, who's a Grammy award-winning pianist, who has also, during a, a couple years before the pandemic and then flourished through the pandemic of using the internet in the opposite of sort of traditional Zoom school to teach humans how to be improvisational jazz musicians. Kind of the most complex thing you can imagine teaching anyone. And he's figured out a way to do it successfully online as well as making it a viable business. So he's going to be part of it. Well, I, I love and kudos to you for that. Sounds like an amazing program. And I look forward to joining you uh, this summer. And I look forward to having you come out and speak uh, at our upcoming uh, 14th Canadian EdTech Leadership Summit that we'll be hosting later in October at the McGill University. Is uh, fingers crossed, presuming it's an endemic. Uh, it's been so great to connect with you and, and here at the at the Coastal Conference, it's been great to you. You really valued the relationships and and the face-to-face -face interactions that that we missed out on the last couple of years. Yeah. So, Gary, and 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 kudos to you for embracing the notion of STEAM and infusing the arts within uh, STEM learning. And it, I, I think that's really important, getting that holistic approach. So, with that, I want to thank you very much. I want to congratulate you on the book. Where is it available? Amazon all over the world. Bookstores can get it through Ingram. Let's try to make this uh, cover, soft help cover, support making this another bestseller for Gary. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great project that he's taken on and, and uh, really important for kids to, to, have a, to give them agency and, and allow them to create and be uh, their own, uh, you know, chart their the future course in developing their, their uh, holistic digital skills that will prepare them for uh, an uncertain future. Definitely. Uh, well, you know, let's create the future. Uh, and you're, you've been uh, one of the most admirable creators and uh, agitators, if you will. It's important to have that uh, perspective and uh, keeping us uh, uh, on the straight and narrow and, uh, and uh, making a difference uh, for all kids and giving them equity and agency. And with that, thank you again, Dr. My Stager. Pleasure. Always good to see you. That was Dr. Gary Stager. Uh, author of 20 Things to Do with uh, Computer Forward 50. My name is Robert Mardalachi of the Mindshare Learning Report. Be sure to check out WW Mindshare Learning to get your latest issue. And until next time, stay healthy, stay safe, and keep the learning curve steep.